Hello and welcome to the show that is called So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls. I am Taylor. And I'm Kyla, and we're not brothers or sisters, but I think we make a good comedic duo. Should we come up with nicknames for each other, like Pado or... Um, things that relate to our podcasting career together. You will be sitcomo. <laughs> um, does that make you drama? Like, what? What are we doing? Sure. Here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there we go. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, it's our show. That's the great thing is we can do whatever we want. That's one of the great things about a low budget production. Nobody with the front checkbook uh, is telling you what to do nope we can sit in our closets at our dining room table whatever we want yeah we could record outside on the street for great audio quality if we wanted <laughs> but that's we not what we want to the people so taylor what you been watching this week <sighs> well before we kick it off with our favorite mm. new favorite kickoff segment let me just uh, put on a little lipstick here, which I know is great audio oh content, goodness. but guess what the name of this lipstick crayon is? You vicious little trollop. Ugh, yes, it is vicious <laughs> trollop. Yes, friends, I did go to Ulta and spend my birthday coupon on Gilmore yeah. Girls themed beauty merchandise. And let's be real, it's cheap. Um, you're not paying a lot, and you're getting what you pay for. But did mm-hmm. it make half the girls at my Saturday brunch go, <gasps> when I told them the name of it was Vicious <laughs> Trollop? Yes! And that is a thing you cannot put a price tag on. And I do like the color. And it's lovely. It feels nice like a chapstick. So mm. let me bandwagon on your recommendation from last time. That's not really the recommendation I'm going to talk about since you already recommended it. I just wanted to, like, (laughs) second your recommendation from last week or last two weeks or whenever we dropped stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we should say, too, that between the two of us, you pointed out we have almost the entire collection, (laughs) which I love that you got this, like, the stuff you wanted and the stuff I didn't. Um, I do want the eyeshadow, but I haven't, haven't found it yet. They did have that at the Ulta I went to. It is, like, tricky to find online. I had to go in store. You couldn't buy it online anymore. And, like, I was checking mm. day, like, several days in a row because I was like, oh, I do want to buy that lipstick, those lipstick crayons. Mm-hmm. And it, the whether or not they were online would change from day to day. So I think the stock is getting low and they didn't have everything. But mm. I got the eyeliner and the lipstick crayons. You got, what, the... Um, cosmetic bags. Yep, and the nail polish and the mug with the <laughs> body washes in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and there was lip gloss and eyeshadow and maybe one or two other things, but we really like do right. have a majority of the collection between the two yeah. of us. As we should. We spend hours of our life on this consistently, on this and show. Dedicated. now my lips feel so moisturized, thanks Excellent. to Vicious Trollop. Well, I'm glad that they at least got that name right, because some of the other names have been questionable, so at least they didn't miss that opportunity. Yeah, 
not peaches or what was <laughs> peach it? Peach sauce. Peach sauce. That is wow. That's a deep cut. I'm still recovering yeah. from that exploration. Yeah. <laughs> Felt pretty confident in my recommendation of. Okay, but here's what I'm actually recommending, so we don't get too redundant on this show, even though we're talking about the same TV show every week. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The thing I'm recommending, I finished this evening, is the second season of the Turner Classic Movies podcast, The Plot Thickens. Ah. And this season has been all about the debacle of the 1990 film, The Bonfire of the Vanities, which was a Hmm. film I was not really familiar with. And after listening to the podcast and watching it myself, when they aired it on Turner Classic Movies to kind of support the podcast... I was like, mm, yeah, I I don't know if it's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it came from a lot of high-profile people. Brian De Palma directed it. It stars Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, and this journalist, Julie Salomon, got to be behind the scenes, like, almost every day on set in a bunch of wow. meetings, put it in a book, now in a podcast, Love it's it. a lot of great behind-the-scenes stories, and she even has audio clips from meetings when it was being put together in the 80s, which are super oh, cool to listen oh, to. That's yeah. amazing. So if you are like us and enjoy behind-the-scenes stories, and if you like them even for bad movies, which if you like Lorelai and Rory, there is a good chance you also have a special spot in your heart for bad movies. <laughs> Check yeah. it out. Awesome. So cool. Yeah. What have you been digging on, Kyla? Well, I've been continuing a watching trend that I started many months ago. I don't know. I don't think I've mentioned it on the pod, but you and I have talked about it. I noticed that a lot of Sandra Bullock movies had numbers <laughs> in the titles. And for them. some reason, I thought that was noteworthy. I still kind of think that it is because I looked at other like actresses comparable to Sandra Bullock and they did not have a bunch of movies with numbers in the titles so like I watched Love Potion number nine two weeks notice 28 days murder by numbers there were lots of number movies Oceans 8 yep Oceans 8 so I've, I've got a running list <laughs> That's and so funny. but then another movie of Sandra Bullock's that I hadn't watched popped up on Netflix called The Net and I thought you know did you watch it? I just watched that too, like last oh week or week before. Because Netflix. So, so we can discuss a little. Um, oh, yes, we can. I just realized that Sandra Bullock movies are just delightful. And they are never. Uh, they're just. Sandra Bullock keeps them at this tone where it just can't be too gruesome. It can't. It's just this right middle ground that feels comfortable and very entertaining. So I did watch uh, Miss Congeniality 1 and 2 because that's on whichever streaming service I found it on right now. But yes, the net. Oh my gosh. What a product of its times. Yes. It when is did very it come out? 1995. I have it pulled there up we go. here. It's like an identity and theft with yes. the internet. And there is this scene where she's talking, explain to the lady, she's been arrested, and she's like, no, 
here's what happened. And I just think we all need to hear it again. <laughs> or for the first time. But just think about it. Just think about it. Our whole world is sitting there on a computer. It's in the computer. Everything. Your, your DMV records, your, your social security, your credit cards, your medical history. It's all right there. Everyone is stored. And there's like this little electronic shadow on each and every one of us just just begging for somebody to screw with. And you know what? They've done it to me. And you know what? They're going to do it to you. Oh, that just cracked me up because it's like the computer is like this box with like her information inside mm -hmm. and she just has to like open it. And it's a little, a little different from that, at least now. But the thing is, though, this was probably a new idea to audiences in 1995, or at least to some, not to maybe the tech savvy people. This was probably not very shocking. But mm -hmm. for people who didn't even have dial up Internet yet, like, yeah. This is not at all on their radar. I don't even think my parents had internet at this time. Maybe at... No, we didn't. Maybe at my dad's job he used the internet, but I don't think we had it at home. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just... It's a fun watch. So, it's on Netflix right now. Go enjoy. But, yeah, I've just been... I've just decided to watch all Sandra Bullock movies, maybe? At least the okay. ones in the 90s. Early 2000s. Well, here's another one I watched a few months ago. That if you want to continue your Sandra Bullock numbers theme. I do. Have you watched Two If By Sea? No, but it's on my list. I haven't found it yet on the streaming, um, streaming I list. found it as like an on-demand YouTube TV thing. And I watched it mm. because why not? It's not great, but I had a nice time. <laughs> um, she and Dennis Leary are thieves. And Ooh, they fun. are in a relationship. But long story short, it's kind of another identity theft movie. They pretend to be upper class people to go undercover. That's hmm. a bad explanation, but that's what I remember most about it. So, like, if you go in with low expectations, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's, if it's Sandra Bullock, I've, I'm dedicated at this point. But there's also Mystic Pizza on Netflix, which is weird. Is she title, in that? Mm -hmm. I thought that was Julia Roberts. Is she it in is that, also too? Julia Roberts. I did not know that. Yeah. So, yeah, go watch some Sandra Bullock movies. They are just uplifting. Murder by Numbers. Well, I mean, duh, that's a little... Yeah, a little more heavy, but murders in the title, so I shouldn't don't really need to warn you. But anyways, they are delightful. Watch Ocean's Eight nine. and steal stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, Love Potion Number Nine is something. That is a something <laughs> so movie. That is not a movie have. they would make today. Let's put it that way. It or at least not the way it was made. Hmm. The premise of you make a potion that can make someone fall in love with you, maybe they would do today. The way they execute yeah. it is wild. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many great movies. The burden is overwhelming. I'm sinking under the pressure. Would you recommend the pop culture we're going to talk about today? Or should we save that for later? <gasps> we can keep people in suspense. <laughs> The episode of Gilmore Girls we are talking about today is Gilmore Girls 515, Jews and Chinese Food. <laughs> and the 
Air date was February 22nd, 2005, and the IMDb plot summary is... Lorelai is hurt again when she realizes Luke has moved his boat from her garage without even telling her. Luke helps the school kids build the sets for their Fiddler on the Roof play in hopes of working with Lorelai, who he is realizing he misses. Rory tries to make up with Marty by hosting a movie night, but Logan interferes. Dun-dun-dun. Oof. Uncomfortable episode with Marty. But a heart-wrenching in a good way episode with Lorelai and Luke. And just an all-time great Kirk scene of him playing Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof with elementary school children. Uh, and he has Luke break his cart a little, and he's like, oh, this is impossible, thank you. (laughs) After he complains the cart is too perfect, and that Mm -hmm. people in the 17th century or whenever Fiddler on the Roof takes place would not have it this easy. Right. I love that Lulu only trusts Kirk to play that role. And the rest of the school is fine with it. Yeah, I guess after that Jesus Christ Superstar debacle. (laughs) (laughs) i love throwaway details like that in the show where you're just like that's a whole other episode i would love to watch (laughs) but we got to talk about marty we haven't really talked about marty at all i feel like in our show no i don't think we've brought him up at all and honestly will we talk about him again Possibly, but he just doesn't become the character you think he'll become. (laughs) That's putting it lightly. I (laughs) kind of hope we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about him in season seven. That is, I I do not hate season seven like some people do, but that Mm -hmm. does not work for me at all. No? The Marty storyline. Oh. You know, I think I have 100% forgiveness for Gilmore Girls for anything and everything that I'm like, it works fine for me. (laughs) I, well, I'm glad you can enjoy it. I just, the whole premise that he pretends he doesn't know Rory, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess that could happen in real life. But that just is like such a bizarre thing to happen. In that split second, though, you know. It's just a split-second decision. But then it escalates, and when Kristen Ritter finds out about it, mm-hmm. her overreaction is over the top. I mean, like, she has... over the top? Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, I, it's fine that she's confused and suspect. I just think she's like, I'm never talking to either of you ever again. And it's like, this is a weird thing to happen. I feel like you need an explanation. It's not like you, he cheated, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. It, I feel like I would have had the same reaction. To blow up and say I'm never talking to either of you ever again? Well, she didn't say that, but that's what she was doing. I'm summarizing. I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, okay. here. Yeah, I mean, Rory was a new friend, and so... It's like there was less to lose compared to, like, a longer friend like Olivia or Lucy. I think she's Lucy and Olivia's the other person. Who's to say? uh, Yeah, Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, Madeline Louise, you know, whatever. (laughs) Let's Um, call them Madeline Louise, although I can't keep those straight either. (laughs) No, I still can't. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. A weird thing. Well, I am glad you can enjoy it. It just, everything about that plot line I find out of another universe. Like, it doesn't feel like human behavior to me. Yeah. It feels well, like forced good to know, drama. Good to know that if I pretend not to know someone that you're dating and I do know them, that you'll forgive me. I feel like I would just ask questions first. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? I don't think I would immediately storm off. That's all I'm saying, is I need some explanations. Because I can't immediately go, oh, this is one of those situations. You know? Right, right. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, that's off my chest. We may or may not revisit that in yeah. season seven. <laughs> For now, let's talk about Marty when he's a little more likable. Yes. Rory invites him over. So here's a few times when Rory and Marty are talking about duck soup. Hey, listen, are you working this weekend? Uh, no. Great, because I was thinking it's been ages since we've had a good hangout night. Oh, well... We could watch DVDs, order food. Oh, I just got the new Marx Brothers box set. You love the Marx Brothers duck soup. I don't know if I can... Did you hear me? I just said duck soup. Rory... We could watch them all. You know, start early, make a major marathon thing out of it. Just us. We haven't done this in a long time. Please. Okay. What's up, Duck? What's up, Doc? Well, Harpo doesn't talk, so there's no good catchphrase. Well, then do Groucho. Everybody does Groucho. Come in, come in. I'm going to say something that will upset possibly everyone in the entire world. Wow. I thought the I Love Lucy episode with Harpo Marx was lame. <gasps> Get out. There's no way Harpo even for a second would have believed he was looking in the mirror. And the last time they made that popping up from behind the partition move, she was totally slower than him. You've carried this with you for a very long time. I mean, we had to believe a lot during those Hollywood shows. Dory Sherry just happened to be hanging out at their pool. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I was totally with Lucy when Ricky took those women to the premiere of his movie. What an ass. You've got to stop watching. Watching I Love Lucy. <laughs> Kyla, were you familiar with Duck Soup? No. Now ask me if I was familiar with the Marx Brothers. Were you familiar with the Marx Brothers? Also, no. <laughs> what about you? Okay. I had heard of Duck Soup as, like, one of the greatest comedies of all time. And so leading up to this episode you can attest i was like oh we should talk about duck soup but i had never seen it i knew of the marx brothers a couple months ago i watched a night at the opera for the first which is my first marx brothers outing okay i've seen groucho marx in like a frank sinatra movie but he's not like doing the marx brothers thing he's just like playing a guy hmm. so bottom line I had heard of these things and did not know much about them. Gotcha. Yeah, I had no idea, and which the fact that it's called Duck Soup made it seem very Gilmore Girls-y, something they would like, <laughs> because it just sounded obscure. I mean, it does sound like something they would serve at Al's Pancake World, right? Yes. Like, yep. he's going to do... A duck soup night of some kind. Yeah. The movie literally opens with a bunch of ducks in a bowl of water, which is funny. <laughs> so that's basically why it's called duck soup, everyone knows. <laughs> yes, and apparently the Marx Brothers were known for nonsensical names that had nothing to do with the plots of their movies. And this hmm. is one of them. They just picked duck soup just because. 
Um, there had been some silent right. movies called Duck Soup, so this was apparently... I mean, in 1933, you're not that far into the history of film, so I guess by that point, yeah. that's a pretty common title. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But for quick overview, Duck Soup came out in 1933. It stars the Marx Brothers, specifically Groucho, Chico, Harpo, and Zeppo Marx, Margaret Dumont, Raquel Torres, and Louis Calhoun. It was directed by Leo McCary, who you might be familiar with some of his films. He directed The Awful Truth with Cary Grant and An Affair to Remember with Cary Grant. Hmm. And if you have seen Sleepless in Seattle, then you know about An Affair to Remember. Because according to Rosie O'Donnell, it's the most romantic <laughs> movie ever made. Or Rita... Um, what's Rita's last Lagenster. name? Tom and Rita. Tom Hanks uh -huh. and Rita Wilson? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm rooting for Tom and Rita. Rita and Rosie and Meg are like, this is the most romantic movie ever made. This movie, Duck Soup, not Sleepless in Seattle, or An Affair to Remember, <laughs> is on the American Film Institute Top 100 at uh, number 60 overall. They rank wow. it as the number five comedy of all time. And they list... Chico, Groucho, and Harpo as number 20 of their top 100 male stars. You may have noticed Zeppo was missing from that list. We'll talk about that. And there are just a whole other host of awards and recognitions this movie has. The WGA says it's the 17th funniest screenplay of all time. The BBC says it's their number five <laughs> of 100 greatest comedies of all time. I mean, we could keep going, but those are the highlights. They're mm -hmm, a big mm -hmm. deal. To me, it was like, they were like the less obvious Three Stooges. Tell me more about that. So, the Three Stooges, it is physical comedy. It is misunderstanding each other and just bopping each other on the head. <laughs> and this one... Yeah was there was like a lot bigger weird story going on as opposed to just the little little bopping on the head and the eyes the wink um <laughs> and and it was like they were very straight faced about it at times which was odd it felt just odd to me and i wasn't sure are they like i'm supposed to be laughing right i i don't know like it was it's just kind of like a little, like, uncomfortable. Whereas the Three Stooges was just like kind of like, just straight comedy to me. I'm realizing Maybe as I'll you're saying... Maybe I'll be able saying, to explain that more as we go on. Yeah. But. I'm realizing as you're saying this that I have probably mixed up the Marx Brothers and the Three Stooges in my life. Hmm. Because I honestly don't have a lot of experience with the Three Stooges either. For whatever reason. And I'm also realizing this might be my Beatles. You know how you can <laughs> never remember all the names what? of the Beatles? <laughs> As I was prepping for this episode, I was like, 
how many Marx Brothers are there, and it is not helpful that they were not consistent about who participated and that all their names end in O. So I'm going, like, I think there's a Groucho and a Chico (laughs) and a Mico and a... uh, Like, I'm, like, Ducko. I don't know. I... So at some point in this episode, like, feel free to call me out if you're like, Taylor, Spuno is not (laughs) a Marx brother. Um, Uh, Because there's a chance it's going to come out of my mouth. That's fair. Yeah. It's weird names. And yeah, you're right. There were three, there were five, there were four. And I was very confused going into the movie because I was watching it and I was like, I thought there were only three Marx Brothers, but this was previously leading up to watching. I was like, I thought there were five Marx Brothers. (laughs) I don't know. There could be 13. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in this one, there were three obvious comedians. And then at the end of the movie, as I started doing research, I was like, oh, he was a Marx Brother, too. But I guess he normally, I think it was Zeppo. He normally played like a straight character. I did the same thing. I was like, who is the... There were four names in the beginning of this movie. Who is the fourth Marx brother? I couldn't figure (laughs) it. Please stand up. Please make a joke. Yeah. He was too handsome for the rest of them. (laughs) And that's... I'm not the first person to say that. That is like a normal thing I'd about in my research. (laughs) Everyone was like, Zeppo, he's handsome. That's his thing. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was not one of the main characters. So, should we talk about what the heck duck soup is? Yes. Besides soup made from ducks. Remind me of, like, yeah. mock turtle soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Richard. Poor Richard. So, duck soup. You've got this country named, I love it, Fredonia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like freedom. And they need a new leader. Well... The rich lady who's going to give them millions of dollars says they need a new leader. And she's going to pick it. And it's going to be a Marx brother with a piece of black paper taped onto his, above his mouth for a mustache. And also, I don't know, black pieces of tape for her eyebrows. Because, <laughs> I don't know, is it supposed to be, uh, like, funny? Or was it just, eh, it's in black and white. People can't tell. What is HD? Well, this became his signature, I read. Apparently, he... (laughs) It is a mustache, and it's not a mustache. It is a painting of a mustache. He first put on his face with grease paint in the 1920s because he was late for a performance, and he didn't have time to put on his fake whiskers. (laughs) And eventually, his eyebrows, he started doing the same thing with them. And then they just became his icon so it is both a painting it is a painting of both his eyebrows and his mustache gotcha interesting because why not why not and he becomes the leader he is not a good one i would like to point out also his name is rufus t firefly which is just a delightful character name And he is trying to woo this wealthy woman, Mrs. Teasdale, who Mm -hmm. is played by Margaret Dumont. And she was called by Groucho basically the fifth Marx brother because she was in so many of their movies together. (laughs) Which is confusing because there are five (laughs) Marx brothers. 
Yes. I, I told, so anyway, there are five Marx brothers. We will get to that. But she is basically a wealthy woman and he is trying to woo her the whole movie because he wants her money, even though he's already been appointed ahead of this country. And then there is also someone from the neighboring country of Sylvania who Mm -hmm. is trying to woo her as well for her money. Mm -hmm. And Rufus T. Firefly, a.k.a. Groucho, gets... (laughs) I just... This is the... (laughs) I just have to read the Turner Classic summary because (laughs) I won't do it justice. (laughs) So this is part of this romantic subplot. To aid his romantic espionage, the guy (laughs) from Sylvania hires Ciccolini, a.k.a. Chico, a peanut salesman, and his mute friend Pinky, (laughs) a.k.a. Harpo, as spies, a move that precipitates a war breaking out between Fredonia and Sylvania. So it sounds like Sylvanian guy and Groucho really are just about trying to win this wealthy woman. And she's trying to buy yeah. out the country by getting her own leader in place. And I think, she, oh, she likes Rufus T. Firefly. She likes the leader. Yes, but I think he's also mildly annoyed with her and does not find her attractive. Isn't that part well, of the joke? But he also is trying to woo her. Yeah, but he's always making fun of her. Yeah, I think he just wants her money. He wants to marry her mm. for her money, but so he keeps making jokes at her expense, but, like, she's not smart enough to get them. No. The future of Fredonia rests on you. Promise me you'll follow in the footsteps of my husband. How do you like that? I haven't been on the job five minutes, and already she's making advances to me. Not that I care, but where is your husband? Why, he's dead. I'll bet he's just using that as an excuse. I was with him till the very end. <laughs> no wonder he passed away. I held him in my arms and kissed him. Oh, I see. Then it was murder. Will you marry me? Did he leave you any money? Answer the second question first. He left me his entire fortune. Is that so? Can't you see what I'm trying to tell you? I love you. Oh, your excellency. You're not so bad yourself. So you've got a couple of Marx brothers trying to be spies. And this movie has a lot of little comedic sketches that don't move the plot forward. Mm -mm. Um, they're just there. So like they're setting this guy's lemonade, this guy's popcorn (laughs) stand on fire and putting his hat on the flame. And then he's got lemonade that he's selling and Harpo jumps into the lemonade bucket and Mm -hmm. all the customers leave. The end of the movie though, it, it kind of comes into play because he's, uh, when war does finally break out, he goes and is telling people that the war has started, even though he's mute. Right? Isn't it Harpo's doing this? I believe so, but as I've said, take me with a <laughs> grain of salt. He sees a lady undressing in the window, and so he runs inside. Well, it's the guy he's been tormenting this whole movie. It's his <laughs> wife, the lemonade stand guy and popcorn mm-hmm. stand guy. So, anyways, sure, that's a plot line. <laughs> And uh, there are musical performances throughout the yeah, film. Yeah, but like two. Like one at the beginning, one at the end, right? 
honestly, I feel like there's also like little musical moments in there that they throw in, mm-hmm. like the scene where they're introducing Rufus T. Firefly and they have the like big musical number to welcome him. Yeah. But there's confusion. Mm-hmm. He walks in and they don't realize it's him. So and he doesn't know what's going on. So he walks in. He's like, "Wow, what's this nice musical number for?" And they're nobody realizes he's the person they're supposed to be welcoming. Yeah. Plus that mirror scene we got to talk about. Yes. So the two spies dress up as the leader and you know they dab some grease on their face to have his mustache and then he comes into the same room they're in, you know, just very oh hiding under the bed and popping back out and the lady is so confused and I thought you were I thought you had left. I thought you were going to get me water. And one of them pops out from the other side of a wall and it kind of looks like there could be a mirror there and then they just start always being able to, you know, the the fake Rufus is always able to mimic the other Rufus without actually seeing him. They pop out the same. It's, it's funny. And this, as Marty notes, was recreated on I Love Lucy, which we have talked about. Marty mm-hmm. thinks it's lame. I think Lucille Ball is very funny, so I have yeah. no complaints about this. It was the 124th episode of I Love Lucy, in case you wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Season 4, and it was called Lucy and Harpo Marx. I watched it, and I did not think that she was slower than him on the last pop-out from behind the wall part. She was right on there with him. <laughs> and I watched it in color and in black and white, so I think Marty was wrong. Well, it's not the only thing he was wrong about, am I right? Ayo. <laughs> uh, fun fact, they came up with this idea on the spot. Apparently this was an old vaudeville routine, so this was not new to this movie. This was a thing that people in the day probably would have seen on stage. But they put it together in about two hours, and wow. most of it is in one take. So they were able to just sort of put that out and do it. I guess if you've been working together so long, you kind of know how to work with each other well and make it work. And these guys had a vaudeville background, so they definitely know how to keep the performance going and not, you know, do cut after cut or take after take and let the editing room figure it out. That's impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. So it is love of this woman, love of this woman's money, that causes <laughs> war to finally break out. And Rufus T. Firefly and the ambassador from Slovenia, what is it? <laughs> Sylvania, not Transylvania, Sylvania. Sylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get into little tiffs, and Rufus is going to apologize. Well, then he doesn't, it makes it worse, and he just keeps hitting the guy. And so finally the guy's like, this is it, this is war. And so mm-hmm. they fight as you would in a movie called Duck Soup, (laughs) nonsensically. And the Fredonia remaining people, you know, the lady, the Marx Brothers, they end up in this house. And, I mean, they're just men with guns coming in and there's no way out. And they win because the Sylvania guy gets kind of wedged in a door and they throw rocks at him and he surrenders was that honestly i was too distracted by all of groucho's outfit changes he wears five different uniforms 
in that final scene. I had to I look it up. I did not notice that. <laughs> so you were focused on that. I was focused on this uh-huh. gag. He wears a Union soldier's uniform from the Civil War, a Confederate general's uniform, a Boy Scout troop uniform, a Revolutionary War <laughs> British general's uniform, and a Davy Crockett outfit. Like... He wow. leaves the room, he comes back, he's in a completely different outfit. And that's what I was focusing on. So I honestly that's don't even awesome. remember how they defeat Sylvania. Because in many ways, the plot of this movie is less important than the gags. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So Fredonia wins, and the lady with the cash, she sings their national anthem yet again. So, yeah, you know, it's, it was just a goofy, I mean, it was, if you know, maybe you know the Marx Brothers, maybe you know Three Stooges, but if you like Three Stooges, you're going to like the Marx Brothers and the vice versa. Unless, like, you're a hardcore fan of one, you're like, no, the other is just cheap (laughs) comedy. I don't know. I feel like that's a little, um, I don't know what the expression is, but. It seems like you're calling, what is it, calling the kettle black? It's like, I feel like they're pretty similar. It's fine if it's not your preference, but they're kind of the same deal. Yeah. With their own special flair, of course. For sure. For sure. Um, So, yeah, did you like it? What did you think of this? I did like it, but I feel like I need to watch it again because Mm. there are so many little throwaway jokes and lines. And I think, to your point, there's so many things happening at all times that I think Mm -hmm. I had trouble keeping up with them. Because there are so many little, like, witticisms and wordplays and puns that are thrown in, but they're delivered so dryly that you may not even realize it's a joke. And then, like, with that final scene, you were focused on plot mechanics, and I was focused on the joke, so <laughs> I missed the plot, and you missed uh-huh. the joke. So I think if I watch it again when I'm less, like, I kind of know what's coming, I can just focus more on what's in front of me instead of trying to, like, follow along and pick up all the things in front of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because even some of the jokes, I would miss the start. And so they were, like, taking the peanut stand or the popcorn stand guy's hat Mm -hmm. and switching them around. But I didn't know whose hat was whose to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, are they on the right head? Um, So, yeah. And at only an hour and nine minutes, why not watch it again? Yes. And I had (laughs) trouble keeping the brothers straight. Chico Mm. and Harpo both have curly hair. I didn't even realize Zeppo was Zeppo. The only right. one I knew was Groucho, and that's honestly just because I've grown up in a world with Groucho Marx glasses, <laughs> where you can buy things with the fake mustache and eyebrows built into oh, the glasses. Oh, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's based off of him? I yeah. did not know that. The Groucho Marx glasses. I would assume it's based off him. I don't know who else it would be. Someone in a Zoom meeting today had those on <laughs> for kicks, so... So why not? (laughs) Why not? Uh, Yeah, I, like, I am not into Three Stooges, but I liked that 
this movie had like an overall plot that was goofy as well as the little bits. It was mm-hmm. more of a balance of that. I mean, not saying like this was better than the. Now I'm forgetting the um. Three Stooges. The guys. Yeah, better than the Three Stooges. But just again, I haven't watched a lot, so this is from memory of like as a kid watching Three Stooges. Yeah, but it was funny. I mean, like if you like that kind of thing, it's funny. Yes. I would just rather watch, like, Parks and Rec. Funny. (laughs) We'll play some clips of their little witticisms, because I'm sure they will be funnier Mm -hmm. than we are. No offense. I think you and I are hilarious, but... It's all good. We're not ranked number five on the BBC's list of top 100 comedies, so we gotta have some some humility here. Um, But I did want (laughs) to... Here's one little exchange that I thought was funny, and you may not even catch it if we play the clip because it happens so fast. There's a Mm. scene where one person says, something must be done. War would mean a prohibitive increase in our taxes. Chico says, hey, I got an uncle who lives in Texas. (laughs) Saying it like taxes. But, of course, Uh meaning Texas. The other guy says, no, I'm talking about taxes, money, dollars. And Chico says, Dallas, that's where my uncle lives, Dallas, Texas. It is just, and I mean, it's a delight. It's little things like that. Mm -hmm. And they were very clever. And apparently Groucho Marx was the kind of guy who could just come up with these things on the spot. That's one of the things he was known for. Which is a true talent. That is not how my brain works, but I admire that ability. That's awesome. Yeah, I can do it every once in a while, but not enough to get me an act on stage. Yeah, no, same. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) General Cooper says that the Sylvanian troops are about to land on Fedonia soil. This means war. Something must be done. War would mean a prohibitive increase in our taxes. Hey, I got an uncle lives in taxes. No, I'm talking about taxes, money, dollars. Dallas, there's where my uncle lives. Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I did want to mention this movie was not super well received when it came out. Now it is considered like the essential Marx Brothers movie, but it sounds like not everybody got it. And it was actually banned in Italy. Benito Mussolini, you heard of him? He did not but like the why? The... <laughs> he did not like the depiction of fascism and dictatorship. Oh. And since this movie came out two months after Adolf Hitler came to power, it was often seen as a commentary on his leadership. And the Marx Brothers, sounds like they weren't really thinking of that at all. They were just trying to be funny. (laughs) But it's one of the things this movie has had a lasting legacy for, is that it was seen as a comment on the fascism Mm. that was on the rise in the 1930s. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about comedies and movies and in general is that you can comment on these things whether they were doing that on purpose or not without and like showing it you know instead of just reading something but like showing it Mm -hmm. it's cool random fun fact uh harpo's real name is was adolf so that is true that name is that was pre he was named pre adolf hitler so can't blame his parents. <laughs> I did have to do a little research into where these names came from. Because, like, they were born with, like, normal names. Mm-hmm. 
for example, Groucho was born Julius Henry. Like, that was his birth name. But they Mm -hmm. all picked up on these nicknames when they were in their vaudeville days. And here's where I get confused again. (laughs) Originally, Zeppo was not part of the vaudeville group. Originally, it was the fifth Marx brother, Milton, who wore rubber boots and therefore picked up the nickname Gummo. Leonard, a.k.a. Chico, got his nickname because he chased women or chicks. So he could be called Chico or Chico. Both were okay. Okay. Adolf played the harp, which is why he was Harpo. That one's a little more obvious to me. And Julius carried a small drawstring bag known as a grouch. Which, that is a thing I don't know about at all today. Apparently, purses, Mm -hmm. one little drawstring bag known as a grouch. Now he's Groucho. Interesting. Yes, apparently their mother was in showbiz, and she really drove them to be musical and go into vaudeville. Mm -hmm. And I would say it paid off. They became one of the most popular vaudeville acts in America, and then they moved into movies. And the rest is history. Yeah, she ended up being their manager. And they also had a sister who was into some of the stuff. Um, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know about the sister. I'm so confused. Yeah, well, actually a cousin, but adopted them by the parents. And her name was Pauline or Polly. Okay. And, which isn't, they could have done Paulo. I know, I was wondering (laughs) why they didn't do that. Uh, But, um... I don't know that she was even in some of the stage because then they had the other actors who they call the fifth Marx brother. So anyways, but yeah. they had a sister and they also had another brother named Manfred or Manny, but he died as a baby. Okay. Um, so. Well, and I know Gummo left. I think he joined the military and then Zeppo hmm. replaced him in the show. I could not figure out where Zeppo came from. I don't know. So if anyone knows where the nickname Zeppo came from, feel free to chime in and let us know. Mm-hmm. He joined last and left first. Apparently, he didn't care for being the straight man as much as was needed for their act. I think it was a good thing for their act overall, but he kind of wanted more of the jokes. I heard mm-hmm. some people thought actually Zeppo was the funniest in real life. And eventually he opened a talent agency with Gummo. And they were Marx, Miller, and Marx. <laughs> I mean, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Presumably they did not go by Zeppo and Gummo the rest of their lives. But Oh, and we didn't even mention Harpo, he doesn't talk. That's his... Oh, yeah. His he bit. doesn't... He plays the harp, but he doesn't talk. Right. He lets his music speak for him. And many miscellaneous <laughs> objects around him. Yes. Or his tattoo. And... At one point, he yes. lifts up his shirt and reveals a tattoo which can bark. Yeah. <laughs> and move. CGI back in the day, man. <laughs> A.K.A. hand-drawn animation. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. One more fun fact for you about duck soup. You mentioned the name of 
this fictional country is Fredonia. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a real Fredonia, New York. What? Oh. And they... <laughs> of course, there's a New York. It's in New York. Yeah. They did not care for this film. So they wrote a letter to the Marx Brothers and said, The name of Fredonia has been without blot since 1817. I feel it is my duty as mayor to question your intentions in using the name of our city in your picture. Groucho replied, Your Excellency, our advice is that you change the name of your town. It is hurting our picture. Anyhow, what makes you think you're mayor of Fredonia? Do you wear a black mustache, play a harp, speak with an Italian accent, or chase girls like Harpo? We are certain you do not. Therefore, we must be mayor of Fredonia, not you. <laughs> Love it. I mean, I don't think they were using Fredonia in New York as their no uh, inspiration. It was just like freedom, Fredonia. Don't you just love when people get real mad about stuff that's not about them at all? Yeah. Can you imagine if that mayor had social media? (laughs) Oh, man. He'd be the reply guy for the Marx Brothers. Like, okay, buddy, Mm -hmm. you need to chill out. Yeah. So should we talk about how this fits into the world of Gilmore Girls? Oh, let's do it. So, first of all, the Marx Brothers box set that Rory was talking about, I am pretty certain is the Marx Brothers Collection from 2003. There are many different box sets you can get, but this one came out in 2003, so that would fit with her having it in this 2005 episode. And it has Duck Soup. the Marx Brothers Silver Screen Collection on DVD? No, that one came out later. Oh, I thought that came out in 2004 or 2005. Well, maybe they came out with several different iterations because I saw the Silver Screen Collection and it was like a 2000-something Okay, <clears throat> good catch. Me. But maybe they came out with different iterations. But this one has duck soup, horse feathers, monkey business, and animal crackers in it. Nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's the one she had. So they could have watched four others. So it did seem a little odd that when they start watching, it's light out. And then by the time they finish watching, it's evening. But it seems like they've only watched Duck Soup. So they would have had to have started right at sundown. Well, and it is February, so the sun sets earlier. That's true. Now, another thing. (laughs) I did double check. It says mine came out, the Silver Screen Collection came out in December 2004. Oh, so what I, I'm looking at. I must have seen one a different version that came out in a different year, and so I was like, and it's oh, definitely no possible. More. But there is one that came out then, and there are let's see, that one includes five films and a standing alone bonus disc with a whopping fifteen minutes of material. This Turner Classic Movies reviewer was throwing so much shade at this DVD. They were like, there's barely any extra content on here. Oh, that's um, funny. Since most of the films run a little over an hour, this material could easily have been added to one of the other discs. <laughs> Furthermore, the extra material just isn't that interesting. Anyway, my point is maybe they were watching the whopping minutes, 15 minutes of extra content. Who's to say? But you're right. Gotcha. The daytime nighttime thing is a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Logan shows up for dinner, which doesn't make it clear because I have no idea what time he shows up for dinner after he gets in town late. Right, right. 
they have dinner at all weird hours on on the show. 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. I would also like to just say, this is an all-time terrible Logan Huntsberger episode. I hate him so much in this episode. He is so clueless yeah. and snotty. And yeah, he- and he's just, it feels very like he is taking ownership over Rory when, like, no. Yeah. the boss of her at all. Yes. Very peer pressure and then continues to, like, do things to make Marty feel uncomfortable. And I yeah. don't even know that he, like, he just feels so clueless. I'm not sure he's out to get Marty and make him feel uncomfortable, but I am absolutely yeah. certain he does not care. I think he did because he was with his girl watching movies and he's like, hmm, that's what you're doing while I'm away. I don't like this. Fair point. But yeah, they do mention watching, like making a whole marathon of it, but they just only talk about Duck Soup. So they probably mm-hmm. were watching other movies on yeah. the box set. And I I don't know that there's a ton to read into about Duck Soup being the movie that Marty loves and how it relates to his relationship with Rory. Like sometimes we can pull that. But I do think it's probably evidence of some of the Paladinos sense of humor and probably some mm-hmm. of their influences. Cause yeah, I feel like Lauren Graham could have kept up with the Marx brothers for sure. Yeah. Like in their, I mean, their witticisms, that's what they use throughout the movie, not just physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you might even make the connection that duck soup's all about money. And what is Gilmore girls about if it's not about money? Yeah, family and money. Yeah, and And coffee. But Rory's outfit does look like Harpo. She did good. Um, It would have (laughs) been funny if she would have had a little horn, though, (laughs) (laughs) to squeeze. But, yeah, that was funny. Mm -hmm. This is not the only time we reference the Marx Brothers in Gilmore Girls. Here is a quick little rundown. You left this. Oh, yeah. I did. Thanks. Sure. Well, that could have been a potential Marx Brothers moment. You go first. Okay. All right, ladies. Here. Well, look at that. Groucho, Chico, Harpo, and Zeppo together again. Hey, we're here. Hey, see if you can get that editorial to fit on one page. So you're here. With bells on and nothing else except uh, leg warmers, roller skates, and Groucho Marx glasses. How classy. Actually, Marty introduced us. What? I'm sorry, I can't be a part of this. A part of what? Logan. They've known each other since freshman year. I don't understand. Rory and Marty, they used to hang out all the time in Brantford and watch Duck Soup. A potential Marx Brothers moment? Groucho, Chico, Harpo, Zeppo together again? Oh, right, when Tristan and Rory don't fit through the door. Oh, the potential Marx Brothers moment, for sure. Yep, yep, I, I could see that. And then in the Tick, Tick, Boom, they're talking about Richard and Emily and something and Francine, Jason's da- dad and his mom. Oh, yeah. 
I know exactly who you're talking about, yes. Yeah, and I don't really know that they would qualify as comedic uh, foursome. Uh, Not really. Maybe for Margaret Dumont's, where the joke is at their expense, and they don't realize how silly they look. Yeah, I guess they're they're about to find out. But at that point, Lorelai didn't know. <laughs> but I think she's known them long enough to know. <laughs> I think she's known them long enough to know something could go down at any time. Yeah, that's true. True. Sounds cold to just wear leg warmers, roller skates, and Groucho Marx glasses, but I suppose that's one fashion option. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to have the Groucho Marx glasses, put on some roller skates and then you can fall and knock something over and make a whole mm-hmm. bit out of it. Oh, yeah. That's a potential Marx <laughs> Brothers moment for sure. Uh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that Gilmore Girls referenced them so much. It's funny. Yeah, the longer you watch this show, the more stuff you pick up on, especially if you spend <laughs> your days searching the scripts. Yes. <laughs> So, Taylor? So, Kyla? That's our show? That's our show! Um, We hope we made you laugh, make you cry, make you question, is fascism okay? (laughs) Uh, You know, let us know. Email us at sochashow at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or so it's a show everywhere. Yes. And here's a teaser for our next app. Why don't we just stay home? No, we're hitting the town! Not tonight. We have to. I can't let you become the spinster on the couch. We can go inside and order in pizza. You need to go out and, and see things and do things. I have a Star is Born, all three versions. We can compare and contrast performances and dosages. It is my responsibility as your best friend to make sure you go do exciting things even when you don't want to. Hanging out with you is exciting. It is and with pepperoni and some extra cheese, look out. I am getting kind of hungry. Well, sure, all this partying will do that to you. Can we watch the Stries and the Star is Born first? I really love that scene where she chews on Chris Christopherson's lips. Yeah! <laughs>